Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. Today, I am your host, Ian, to ease the Phantom Menace himself. Did you, just, did you just give yourself the nickname? I think it's fitting, honestly. I mean, it's literally the worst Star Wars, so it's fitting. <laughs> I love that's my favorite Star Wars film. Get out of here with that. <laughs> it makes sense, I guess. Explains I a lot. <laughs> I don't understand, but uh, with me, joining me to my virtual left, we have Kyle, number two pencil he writes with, but number one in our hearts, Mr. The Rhapsody, bum, Mr. Boombast, Boombastic himself. Hi, how's it going? Okay. I don't know what to think of that intro. <laughs> um, it's kind of... Slick that Cadillac. That's what it was. I'm sorry. Kind of, yeah. It's kind of you to... Uh, <laughs> okay, can we talk about that? What is with the slick back Cadillac? I don't understand. Because you're a classic, just like a Cadillac. Yeah. Well, and also, you, you remind me of the Rob Zombie song. Like, like whenever I look at you, all I hear is like, slick black Cadillac. Dragula. That might be the biggest compliment anyone's ever given me. So I will take that, actually. I'm doing great, though, Ian. How are you? Um, I'm good. What have you... Hey, you know what? We'll save it for the Rex. Brendan, also joining us. The Mr. Fantastic himself. Back from saving whatever the Fantastic Four city is. Um, Brendan, how are you? What doing? is it? I have What's... no idea. Oh, yeah, no, uh, actually, I, I, uh, I have right here... I don't know if you guys can see this. I have a retro oh, Fantastic shit. Four comic wait hold on wait what i have a, a, comic. a retro fantastic four so i will um i'll look into it later on to see uh to see what what city what's what state they're saving um, they're in yeah. central city california oh they're a cali team they're a cali team they're I, east coast avengers i did not west coast avengers. west coast i mean sorry interesting uh but i like them even more they're fantastic stupid um i'm doing good it is currently um snowing very very badly outside and there's about 60 mile per hour winds so it just kind of looks like a white sheet um in front of my window and i wish it was like that here yeah, that's insane i'm actually sweating right now i have the fan going i was about to turn the ac on yeah my ac's on right now. yeah so <laughs> i've got i've got two pairs of pants my fuzzy sweater and my uh, heating pad on right i sound like a fucking geriatric person yeah it's the heating pad that's, yeah <laughs> that's yeah, yeah you sound like me <laughs> <laughs> uh well that's great brendan um do you have any wrecks this week for us uh yes i've been uh i've been teetering between what i wanted to recommend either the movie i watched or a show a uh, one season show okay well i'm gonna started... stop you right there and just say i want you to talk about scream oh okay yeah. uh so there's the <laughs> there's one thing that i want to say about it but i think i will wait to say it until after you saw it because i don't think it's a spoiler now you could say it but it are you sure i mean if it's it... uh yeah I'm, I'm i'm gonna i'm gonna hold that one um i thoroughly enjoyed it i love the the change of pace from uh from woodsboro to new york i think that 
the backdrop of you know that that I hate to say it, that concrete jungle. Um, you know, it's it's so interesting to see Ghostface transplanted in um in that that setting. Uh the plot twist for me worked 100 percent I kind of I kind of saw what they did coming, but not how they did it or why they did it. Um why they did it, interesting. Would uh, the the why they did it make sense? But I was thinking that they were doing it for a different reason, like their motive. Yeah, yeah, killers. Uh, and I'm using the word they because it could be one, it could be two. Um. So yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, the 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 kills were a lot more dirty, and they felt a lot meaner than some of the other Scream films. And I think I kind of enjoyed that because it still has that kind of air of comedy about it. But at the same time, uh, the kills take themselves very, very, very seriously. Um, and it feels almost, it feels mean at certain points. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it gets the uh, two severed thumbs up. Um, wow. Yeah, go, go see it. it Why it, you change it, your it, rating from four and a half? To five. Uh, that was just I, I was typing it while I was walking, and that was just an accident. Gotcha. Um, but it has uh, the second highest ratings of any Scream film since 1997 on its opening weekend. And it, dude, it fucking brought in 45 million dollars on its opening weekend. That's insane. Yeah, there was a lot of hype about it around my parts as well. So. So that's my spoiler-free review. Well, let's just jump into spoilers now. Um, no, I'm <laughs> I can't believe Neve was the killer. Neve, Neve, Neve Campbell. Neve. Uh, yes, sorry. Interesting. So it's your second favorite Scream film? Or your first one? Because um, I think the last one replaced the first. Yeah, first. So I think this I one think, would be your favorite. I think it would go 5-1 six five one six yeah five is still your favorite interesting yes yeah i that that whole reboot just uh that really gets me cool interesting okay and uh kyle coming back to you what is your re- weekly rec so i watched midnight meat train no i'm kidding <laughs> 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 i uh <clears throat> got back into world of warcraft and that's been going really well i won't talk about it much but at, or, or at all, rather. Um, Resident Evil 4 demo is out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Chainsaw demo is out on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Uh, I've played the Resident Evil 4 Chainsaw demo now like six or seven times. I absolutely love it. I'm a huge fan of the original Resident Evil 4. Um, this remake is just fantastic. Graphically, it looks amazing. The new gameplay tweaks they added, like being able to parry people's attacks and stuff, is really, really fun. They kept the melee combat in from the original, so you could like chain a uh, knife deflect into like a roundhouse kick, and it's fucking satisfying as shit. Um, I'm really looking forward to the Resident Evil 4 remake, but go check out the demo. It's free on everything, so that's what I've been playing a lot. Question, is Ada Wong in that one? Or is yes. it just Leon? Oh, Ada Wong is in this one. Mm. <clears throat> Ada Wong and Leon have a very 
intense sexual chemistry and uh what i'd give to be leon yeah <sighs> what i'd give to be ada you know um but wait uh but it's really good and um what yeah dude go check it out like even if you're not into the resident evil games just from like a gameplay standpoint alone it's really different than other resident evils in the sense that it's like more it's quicker it it actually like implements close quarters combat a lot better than other resident evil games it's just really fun um go check it out yeah, I think I want to go back and play the the remakes, like two, three, four, when that comes out. I dude, even if they're like remake, even if they're hard for you, dude, just play them on easy. Yeah, and or no, like, I always play everything on easy just to get the story. Video games. Or start with Resident Evil Two. Play Resident Evil Two, Three, and Four yeah. remakes. There's no uh, remake for Resident Evil One, right? I can just watch the movie. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because that one's really old, and uh, don't watch the movie and. You could watch like a playthrough on YouTube or something, but that one you probably wouldn't like at all. So. Gotcha. Which one is Allison? The she's not in any of them. Oh, yeah. Weird. Uh, okay, so my Rex. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch Cocaine Bear. Um, I didn't. I had no um, intentions of watching this film. Uh, didn't really pique my interest whatsoever. I know a lot of like people on the TikToks and the YouTubes, all those movie reviewers really wanted to see this movie. I did not have any hype for it. I just went in because my friends were going after work and I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll just go. Um, and I was very pleasantly surprised. It is, uh, it has a nice mix of comedy, gore, horror, and, um, yeah, it's just a nice mix, I think. And I almost give it a, a four out of five, Jesus. but um, I brought myself back to reality. Yeah, and, thank uh, you for doing that. Appreciate three, it. And a half, three and a half seems very fair. I think it it piqued my interest for sure. I'm uh, a big fan of animal horror. I think it's uh, super scary. And I thought that cocaine in the bear system was a very frightening um, scenario. So it does have a lot of um, scary things for me. Um, would it be in your top 10 animal creature horror movies? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think for real life animals and not like. Yeah, no, we're talking genetically like engineered. The Deep Blue Seas, the anacondas, the Well, I mean, Deep Blue Sea, that's like yeah, a genetic shark, right? I kind of. really, kind of, not really. I mean, I guess, well, I mean, not, I guess not, that not shark like, had like something in its system to make it aggressive like that, didn't it? Sure, but it's not like genetically like altered as far yeah. as like its physical form. Yeah, it's you not know like I mean? a robo shark or anything. Yeah, like exactly. That. Like it's still a shark. Yeah, you know. I I would say yes. I would I would have to look at the list of like animal horror that I've seen, but right now I would say it's it's definitely makes like number five for sure. How do you think? Uh, how do you think uh, Elizabeth Banks? handled the direct because this is a, her first movie pitch perfect to second movie was the the charlie's angels so she's gone from like comedy to like light-hearted action comedy to like straight up i almost want to call it exploitation because uh, this feels like a 70s exploitation film yeah um yeah. How, do, how do you feel she handles the the direction um, I thought it was fine honestly it does tackle a lot of different um, characters. So it's like a lot of stories that are kind of coming together and 
I guess they all really have their moments. So it's uh, it is different for sure. And she also did movie 43, which as a yes. child, that was <laughs> probably my favorite comedy of all time. But I watched Hugh Jackman it with the neck balls. <laughs> the neck balls were, were hilarious. But um, recently, it's probably the worst film I've ever seen in my life. Um, Wait, do you remember from that movie that rant from Harrison Ford? Or who who's the person that go there's Dennis Quaid. Uh, Dennis Quaid. Do you remember when the rant from that movie leaked online and everyone thought like it was actually Dennis Quaid being like a fucking asshole on set to everyone? No, but that is pretty funny. <laughs> it was a huge controversy. Oh god. <laughs> there's a lot of Anyways. there's a lot of major stars in that movie. It's kind of insane how that how that <laughs> shit flopped. So stupid. Uh Kate Winslet is in that movie. She's Hugh Jackman's like date. Yeah. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> He's got a ball sack on his neck. On his neck. <laughs> uh yeah, great movie. Um but we're not we're not here to criticize Elizabeth Banks directing style. All right, we're here to cover our first um what's his name? Jonathan David. Bratlinburg. David Cronenberg film. Um it's not a shitter like we usually do, unfortunately. Um debatable. I would say this we usually cover like major directors most terrible films or maybe they're they're you know hidden gems what in the dracula 3d are you talking about yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> we, we did dario dirty we did him dirty um i love that movie <laughs> <laughs> I've grown to have a very big soft spot for Dracula 3D. <laughs> if I'm being honest, it's it's still a shit movie, but um, but we're here to talk about the 1979 film The Brood, which had a Canadian budget of 1.4 million, which is so well, 100 million US dollars. No, it's probably like 10 bucks US. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Oh yeah, oh I did I did it backwards. Yeah. Um, because their money's nothing. Their money that, is right. like they're loonies. And more. <laughs> they're loonies. They're loonies. Get out of here. No offense, Canadians. Um, it's called loony. It is called loonies. Um, box office of five million. Only five million, which is <clears throat> a little surprising. I don't know if uh, like a lot of his films came out before this, but Brendan, you do have a little sub sub for us. I do a little preamble, as they say. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> is he Canadian? Yes, he's Canadian. Uh, and Toronto. that's actually that's my first sentence. Uh, Can you let Tron- him talk about the director now, Ian? Because you <laughs> wanted him to do the homework. You're gonna let him do the homework or what? Stepping away. Um, uh, David Cronenberg is a Canadian filmmaker uh, covering a wide array of genres uh, from horror to psychological thrillers to even romantic dramas that have been that were adapted from uh, stage plays. Uh, his career has spanned almost 55 years. Uh, quickly, uh, Cronenberg became known as the Baron of Blood by going on to pioneer uh, the body horror subgenre from the venerable Jeff Goldblum to disgrace James Woods, Cronenberg has dragged some of Hollywood's biggest actors into his dark and twisted fantasies. Cronenberg uh, has frequently stepped in front of the camera as well with projects like Clive Barker's Nightbreed, as well as Jason X, and even season four of Shudder's acclaimed slasher series, Slasher. 
A spawn of Cronenberg is now taking the genre by storm. Brandon Cronenberg broke on the scene and elevated the Cronenberg name with only three films, Antiviral, Possessor, and his newest film, Infinity Pool. David's illustrious five decades career has brought us some of the heaviest hitters in our genre, like today's film, The Brood. Hey, did you write that? Wow. I did. That was really well written. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's unlike any of your other. It's articles. almost like you're a writer. <laughs> and <laughs> interesting. That was wonderful, Brennan. Thank you. And you are very familiar with his work. You've seen. Have you seen all of Brennan Cronenberg's uh, films? I've seen. Uh, I haven't seen Infinity Pool yet. Okay. Um, I'm gonna watch that this weekend because Neon Cinema Neonrated.com has the uncut uh, version mm-hmm. of Infinity Pool. Interesting. So. Um, but you've seen all of his his normal works, right? His popular stuff. Yeah. Oh, I think you've oh, seen all of it. David. David. David's area. Oh, 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 yes. Uh, I've seen almost all of his films. I was looking at his filmography. Where did it go? Um, the only one I think I haven't seen is uh, Scanners, and which is oh. one of his biggest yeah, ones. His more and uh, Crash. Crash is the one that I really want to see. Wow. Um, yeah, and those so, are both uh, Criterion collections, I, I believe. Is Crash... Okay, Crash is Criterion? There is That's a Crash that is Criterion. I'm not sure if it's the... That might film. be the 2006 one. Yeah, it might be that one. Um, sweet. Um, so now we're going to go over thoughts, first thoughts. Would you own it? Where'd you watch it? Kyle, gonna hit you first. What a awesome last act, am I right? Fucking last act in this film was really cool. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, as a 35-year-old man experiencing Cronenberg for the first time, it's, it's kind of a trip. I'm actually glad that I'm experiencing him uh, this, um, at this stage in my life and not sooner. I feel like I'm at the the right mental headspace and stuff to really take in his films for what they are. And I'm really enjoying them. I've, I've only seen two now. So this is my second one. I haven't seen any of his heavy hitters, quote unquote, heavy hitters. So I got a lot ahead of me. Uh, this and Dead Ringers both set a very specific tone in the, in the beginning of the film. And... W- they each have like very cool payoffs in ways that I was not expecting them to have. The body horror stuff is is really, really cool. And I'm starting to become a huge fan of Cronenberg. And I know that um, that's a pretty common thing in the horror community and just people that are into films in general. I know that Cronenberg is pretty beloved and he's like a legendary director for a reason. But that's why I'm really excited to have never experienced his work until now and only heard from other people about how much they like him. Uh, This movie was very intriguing um, from start to finish. I never lost uh, a bit of interest the entire film. Um, I'm excited to talk with you guys about what we think this means, uh, what kind of commentary it might have for you guys if it's different uh and overall it's cool seeing um different decades of his work um the 70s was an interesting time for horror and i think that 
he does something very unique to him with this film, especially in the last act. I really enjoyed it, and I would add it to my collection. I watched it on HBO Max. Perfect. Brendan? Uh, first time watch for me. Watched it on HBO Max as well. We'll definitely add it to my collection. Uh, Kyle, I was, I'm trying to think. I think that this is more of a film at face value rather than it meaning something because he wrote this when he was going through a very similar, similarly nasty divorce with his ex-wife and mm. a custody battle over his child. So I was kind of looking at this as a coping mechanism for him trying to channel the pain and anger that he was feeling into something that he could uh, visualize on screen. I, I hate to say, I don't want to say that this movie was a, what'd you say the budget was? Uh, like $10 US, uh, 1.4 Canadian. Yeah, like I don't want to say that this is a $1 million coping mechanism. Uh, but to me, this kind of felt like a really personal film, um, which is why I was looking to take it that's why I couldn't find any commentary in it, but if there's any that you saw, I, I would love to look further into that. Perfect. Um, this is my second viewing of this film. I would 1,000% add it to my collection. Um, he makes very particular films, and I feel like this one and um, Dead Ringers have a very similar vibe. And unlike his other films, I, I feel like it's very it's very um, simple-ish story that kind of goes farther and farther into the deep end. Just a slow burn into your just in the in a weird place, and uh, that's where this goes for sure. Um, and also Oliver Reed, Daddy Reed, um, my man's my absolute love. Um, I love seeing him. I, I, it's a crime. I've only seen him in like three films. He's uh, Dr. Raglan, right? Yes. Okay. He has, yeah. a, he has a very big face. Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> um, I want him to go through me, not halfway, all the way through <laughs> to the end. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, I hope, I really hope he's not involved in any scandals or anything like that because I think I look up to him as a, not only as like a, a person who has such like charismatic and smart and suave deliveries as an actor, but also he just has, he's just such a, a strong, uh, intimidating male figure. And he's, he's not like someone who acts like him. I usually wouldn't think is like as broad or as, as built like he is, but he is. And he's just, I, I think he's just a total package. I think what makes him so appealing, and I think you hit a lot of good points, but he he comes off very confident in his yes. ability to perform, but also at the same time coming off very humble about it. Yeah. Like it's it's a a rare trait to be so good at your job and like come off like you're not bragging about it. And like yeah. that's like that's how he comes across. Uh, I, I, Go ahead, Brent. Oh, I, I was going to say, any other actor, I think, that is in a role <clears throat> as someone that, that Dr. Raglan is in, it's, you know, when you're saying such, like, 
weird, obscure medical things like that, it's hard to not have it sound rehearsed or forced at all. But with him, I kind of started believing what he was saying a little bit. I was kind of like, you know, he actually makes some good points and this regression therapy might be a little fucked up, but it's kind of a good idea. They take um, him on this wild ride of being the the villain and then almost yeah. the hero. Yeah, like exactly. End, like it's a weird journey for him. And uh, it's one that is just, I don't know, unexpected. At least it was for me. Just like the other film we've seen him in. Yeah. It's insane. I've never seen an actor quite like him. Do you think he knew all along what the brood was doing? Or did do you think that it wasn't until Frank showed up that that's when he realized? Because I, I couldn't pick up either or. Here's where we get into it, folks. Um, what is up with these damn little... <laughs> devil children <laughs> what are they where do they i mean we know where they come from but like what are they made out of what prompts these children to be made is she some does she have some kind of abilities is it his therapy that sparks this um thing inside of her that made her deform what is it the, this is why i find his movie so intriguing because I've only seen two, but in both films, they have a similar vibe in the sense that like they take place in contemporary time for when they're supposed to take place, but it's almost like an alternate timeline of the real world. Like something so supernatural, unexplainable happens to these people, but everything else in the world seems so normal and, and believable and realistic. And it just, there really is no explanation for it. Like, I don't think anybody has a definitive answer for why she can give birth to these things. Cause it's not normal. It's not a real thing. So it's, but everything else is like explained so thoroughly. And I really like how taking out one particular scene, it could take place in normal contemporary earth, but like he just throws these little twists in that make it seem like it's, it's in another timeline. It's weird. Yeah, I feel like he put in enough information for us to figure it out, but I just couldn't do it. Like with the with the dude with the lymphoma thing. Like, yeah, well, well, that's kind of my point. Is like I could be mistaken. I don't know a lot about that kind of cancer, but it doesn't form fungus like gill looking things on your neck, yeah. right? Like that doesn't happen. No, and um. So like little things like that, he adds his tweak of body horror, like almost like it's the real world, but it's Cronenberg's world. You know what I mean? It's it's his his universe, and so um, I don't know. It's it's really interesting, and intriguing. But to answer your question about how she's giving birth to these things, I mean, I just think that it's a supernatural like thing that's happening. Like she was, she has these this ability and this is also where i i think that the um like the conversation can be had about like what is this movie trying to say like um can trauma be hereditary can it be passed down between each you know generation and this could be her form of you know passing it along that kind of thing but i don't know what do you guys think 
I don't know. Is he is he the one who prompts this deformity? Are they yeah. perfectly fine before they come to him, or does he scout people like her to come to him, and so he can fulfill some kind of um, specialty that comes out in them? Uh, I think from from the very first scene, I think that it kind of sets up that his um, uh, psycho psychoplas psychoplasmosis. Plas- it's like whatever whatever it was called um when he's talking with mike from alaska or um and then you know starts to call him michelle and throughout that whole opening uh that throughout that whole cold opening we get it's uh slowly he starts to get these like lesions on his skin and then the lesions turn into boils and that's over like you know just a couple minutes so i I think that there's something inside of Dr. Raglan or something that he can tap into, or it's the power of the psychoplasmosis itself that, that brings these internal traumas and physicalizes them. Holy shit, Kyle. I get it now. (laughs) But what does it mean? (laughs) But what does it mean? What does what mean? Like, what is, what does it mean to like, bring these outside of them he has uh, the ability to bring like the like the worst of things out of people and i think that's just maybe it comes out as the these. body horror part of it is just his way of showing it in visual form like people's traumas people's heartbreak people's sadness people's anger all their emotions showing on you know on the outside of their of their mm-hmm. skin like, and you know, I I feel like one of the thing that the body horror subgenre misses out on a lot is the fact that the subgenre itself, kind of like the zombie subgenre, is the subgenre exists as a commentary. Body horror is a commentary on on many things, from you know, it could be from bulimia to anorexia to uh, body dysmorphia, anything where you know zombies our uh commentary on on xenophobia and our our scaredness of the outside world um and i think that no one really does a good job of tapping into the commentary of the subgenre itself as cronenberg tends to do with everything that Kyle just said the the whole the whole physical the physicalization of their their internal traumas I agree. Did you guys think there was something lacking from the film or are you, do you think it's, it's fine as it is? Would you have liked to seen more body horror, more kills, more drama? It's only nine, 93 minutes. So it, it is a short um, film, shorter film. I wanted so this this film had the one thing that I absolutely hated from Don't Look Now. Um, and actually this movie has a lot in connection or it has a lot of similarities with that movie that I wasn't expecting. Um, but I wanted more kills from the brood. Cause like the one that we get of the teacher, like it's the, the result itself is good, but those, they're using those little tiny ass toy <laughs> yeah. hammers. Like, like, no, take the teacher out back and, you know, fucking chop her head off. I don't know. Like, okay. 
Like I, I wanted to see, I wanted more of a reason to be afraid of the brood because it's obvious that after, after the brood kills Barton, it's obvious that at a certain point they run out of steam. Life. Yeah. So I was fine with it. I thought it gave me everything I needed to enjoy the film. I mean, um, when it comes to kids in horror movies, I'm never afraid, no matter what it is anyway. So the brood never had a chance to fucking make me scared because they're like two, two feet tall and I could just punt them around the room. <laughs> I know. But like, it's not going to happen. But there is some really cool imagery with the brood that did um, cause a lot of tension. Like when um, one of the children laughs onto the staircase in the beginning of the movie and then you get a quick glimpse of them or when he goes up to like the attic at the end and makes and she starts to get angry and they all turn at the same time like there's some really cool imagery with the brood that that adds a lot of uh creepiness but for me personally i'm never afraid of like kids in films it just doesn't freak me out i do like kids in films like kids that i can hate on and um I don't really hate these kids. I think they are pretty creepy and they, uh, they look super weird and they're like alien like. Um, but I don't hate these kids. I gotta say, and that was kind of a downfall. I wanted to see more. I wanted to, I wanted more of a reason for me to hate these kids. And but uh, I, is, is that, I don't think that's the point though. I don't think we're supposed to, cause well, for me personally. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm just saying like, cause I, I completely get where you're going, and we should hate the kids. I think we should have hated the wife more. Yeah, and I, I think that towards the end, once we see her birthing one of the broods, I think that that's kind of at the point where, you know, we've suspected all along that she's the one controlling these things, but that's the point where uh, once we see her birthing them, that it's kind of 1,000% apparent that she's the one um that's mm-hmm. like controlling this and and these these poor children are just okay <laughs> can we talk about the first time we see the child and they wrap their hands around the 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 Staircase. banisters mm-hmm. whatever the fuck it's called um <laughs> it's i pause obvious. it i pause that scene because i was like i want to see what this fucker looks like <laughs> it's, it's obviously not a child's hands it's uh yeah, it's very obviously a little person um yeah. and <laughs> well these things aren't supposed to be children yeah they are i guess they're, they're, I guess they're supposed are. to be replicas of of candace candace no i'm not gonna do it to you what <laughs> of Candace, gotcha. What did you think I was saying? <laughs> Nothing. Um, yeah. So uh, oh, that that gave me a good laugh. I will say when when I saw the the hands that were supposed to be what I what I assume were supposed to be children's hands, and they were um like probably twenty five year old little person hands. This is back when little people were getting work, though. They were. You know what I mean? Like, when's the last time you saw a little person in films today? Like, you never see them anymore. No. Because now they could just fucking CG everything. Except except the one dude from Game of Thrones. He's in everything. Peter Peter Dinklage is in a little... Well, I mean, he's not in everything, but like... He's the king of the little people. Is that insensitive for me to say? I wonder why you you don't see more of them. Like, the 
there's got to be more actors and actresses, right? Little people. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they don't want to be actors. Uh, um, did you guys have any favorite uh, scenes in this film? Any monologues? There was, there was quite a bit. Any acting performances? I'll read, obviously. Um, that stood out to you guys. I do want to say that uh, Art Hendel, who is in... Um, oh, we haven't covered that film yet. Never mind. But he was in Bob's Clark, Bob Clark's uh, Black Christmas. And he has which, a pretty substantial was role that? in that one. Frank? I'm sorry? Yeah, he's which, Frank. He's the dog. Oh. <clears throat> I mean, I think any scene with Dr. Raglan pretending to be, like, doing his therapy sessions, I think just steals the fucking show yeah. of the film, which is obviously why he was casted for this. I mean, they needed somebody strong to be in those specific scenes, I think. And after something like The Devils and seeing his performance they were probably like dude this guy's perfect for this like th this guy needs to be in this film i think his performance actually excels this film to another level i think if you had someone else exactly that's my point yeah. not as qualified it would have been it would have been a totally different film yeah it would have been more yeah wouldn't it just wouldn't have we wouldn't have gone on the uh journey that oliver reed takes us on and i feel like it would have just been a one-sided character or more of a one-sided character I want to know more about him. Like, what do you think yeah. his motivation was? Like, because he knew about the kids, obviously. Yeah. But he didn't know that they were killing them. Like, he didn't know, know that they were escaping and, like, murdering people. But he knew that this woman was giving birth, yeah, so to speak, to these kids. Like, to yeah. So, like, what do you think his endgame was? Do you think, oh, my God, no do you think idea. that was the reason why he kicked everyone out? Yeah. Yeah. that's why he, he was like he saw the the newspaper article about the kid and uh and how they found it and we're like dude we gotta like get the fucking people out of here before they get i mean maybe he was trying to protect everybody but um i don't know i think he was i think he's actually a good guy a good guy and i think he was genuinely trying to help um sorry the nola I think he was genuinely trying to cure her, but it turned out to be something. I don't he just think his. In, I don't think his intentions were initially pure. I um, think once, because I mean that initial conversation that he has with Frank about um, Nola and Candace, he's a very, very intense, angry man, and maybe he is just doing that to protect Nola, but it feels. Like, there's more of a, she's my star student, and I'm taking advantage of her. It wait, sounds like oh, he, wait, oh he's my just God. sticking up for his patient. I yeah. mean, that's kind of what it sounds like to me. In hindsight, at, in the beginning, I thought the same thing as you. I was like, whoa, this guy is fucking, this guy's what, the villain, for sure. What if, but, sorry, go ahead. What if he's the one putting the babies in her? Well, well they don't have any sex organs, so... I know, but what she if... She, like, hatches like an egg. Or the, yeah, the little what, kids. There has to be something that happens to spawn these because she hasn't been doing it her entire life. She's mm -hmm. only doing it now that she's at Dr. Raglan's compound. Yeah, I don't know. What if she's I mean, obviously, he that, was very protected that, over her because he was... This, this was the most process 
or the most productive um, procedure on a patient that he's had. Like the most, his the most work from him and his his PhD has been put into her, and like he's he has been shown the results. Into her. He's putting his huge dick into her and spawning the children, um, and curing her trauma. <laughs> Did you guys have anything else you wanted to go over? Where uh, does this movie rank in your Cronenberg viewings? And and how does it compare? Because you guys have seen a lot more. Like, is this his typical kind of mo, or does is it any different than his normal work? Like, how does it compare? I think just like Brendan said earlier, it is a very face value film, and um, it definitely stands out from the rest. Because I feel like the other ones have a lot deeper things going on, like Videodrome, um, Dead Ringers. So, um, yeah, it's, it, the it fly, is the, the fly, you know, the fly. It, yeah. This is oh, a lot. This is a lot tamer. Yeah. And, and, uh, tamer and a lot slower, I would say than his other shit. I, tr- I tried to watch the, the original crimes of the future futures that he did from 1970s mm-hmm. from 1970. And that is very difficult to sit through. Ooh. I would say it's not good at all. <laughs> he has a bad film, folks. He has a bad film. We should have covered that one. <sighs> Missed opportunity. Is that a horror uh, film? Uh the the remake that he did last year is the original is more of a it I, I I heard someone describe it as one of those Soviet sci-fi films that we were getting in the the 70s. Soviet sci-fi, like 1984. No, more like, more like, uh, like the very low budget, high techno music included, uh, sci-fi films of the like 60s and 70s that you know we were getting a lot of from like over Russia way. Gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. So, where does this rank on your film? Is it top top five? Or where does it rank on your list? Uh, I'd say... I'd say more towards the top 10 list than the top five. I think number number one has to be Videodrome. I think that there's there's no way... Ah, uh, yeah. I would have to say number one's Videodrome. Okay. Okay. I've only seen five. I would put this at number four. I do think this is better than Scanners. I, I like this better. Oh, so this means Scanners. scanners. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but obviously The Fly, Dead Ringers, and Videodrome, they're going to be above The Brood for me. Um, I'm going to take my time with his, uh, his films. I'm not going to go on a binge. I like slow dripping them into my mm-hmm. kind of like watch list. Um, his um, less... Her, or his lesser liked film rabbit i'm really interested in watching um i mean it's on 2b so it can't be that great but uh, um wait the the original is or the the shitty saska sisters remake? the original is oh thank god um but i, I mean it's a uh cronenberg zombie like-esque plot so i'm 
I'm very interested in checking that out, which it's probably the one I'll watch next, honestly, but we'll see what happens. But I'm yeah, excited I thought to, that was a, to go um, through stuff. I always thought that was a uh, George Romero film. Yeah, it's a uh, 3.2 on Letterboxd. So. 3.2. Interesting. I, th- I think you would like Existence, though. That's about video games and body horror. Ooh. And it's got Jude Law. Jude Law, yeah. Jude Law. Sure. No idea who that is. Off he the played top of my Lemony head. Snicket in, in a series of unfortunate events. Jude Law was, was huge in the late 90s, early 2000s. Very big, very big actor. Wow. With that being said, I think it's time for our final thoughts and ratings. I'm going to go Kyle first. Yeah, it was um, a cool sophomore watch, a secondary watch for me for the Cronenberg films. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm a big fan of the the 70s decade, and uh, it's cool seeing his flicks during that time. Um, I would recommend this film to any horror or non-horror fan alike. Um, I think it's really interesting, and the performances are great. Um, like I said, I would add this to my collection, and uh, yeah, it was really good. I'm gonna give it a three and a half and a heart. Three and a half and a heart from Kyle Brennan. Um, to uh, to quote Juliana, uh, Nola's mother, it's extremely subtle and extremely provocative, and to quote. The coroner, it's a real hair lip. Uh, I give it a, <laughs> I give it a three and a half uh, with a heart. That was so stupid. Okay. Can we can can we say that word anymore? Or well, is hair that lip? Hair lip. Yeah. Or, or I'm that I might be offensive so. now. My mom has a bunch of hair lips. Why is that offensive? Uh, it's what it's what you would call what people with a. Uh, Cleft palates used to be. Oh, she doesn't have that. Well, why is hair lip offensive? Like the term hair lip offensive. Uh, Ian, will you? I'll look this up while Ian. You just make fun of people thoughts. who have cleft lips. I'm pretty sure that's. I mean, hair. Oh, well, I didn't know it was making. Fun it might of have been like a derogatory thought, word. I don't know. No, I don't know like if hair. it is making fun of or not. I will anyway. say though that my mom is Italian and she has some mustache hairs. And she has them every day. So, God, um, fucking put my mom on blast. She doesn't, your she doesn't mom on this. blast, dude. Jesus. <laughs> um, she doesn't listen to this. It's fine. Um, she has a bigger mustache than me. It's <laughs> <laughs> Christ. <laughs> that being said, I will. I love um, Oliver Reed. I love his performance in this film. I think this film is very well done. Uh, I like the slow burn. I like the pacing. I like how weird it gets at the end. Um, I love Oliver Reed. Um, I just want to reiterate that again. um, I'm going to give this a four stars and a heart. So it's going to be a 3.5 with a heart with our official red rum rating. Deserving. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I I I, I would have been happy giving it a four as well. I thought um, you were going to go 4.5. Not going to lie. Oh. 4.5? Jesus Christ, dude. Um, it's cool, I, right? I gave Dead Ringers a four because uh, I think that movie is a solid four stars. I just couldn't... This movie's not on that level. 
Ted Ringers is like definitely above this film for me, I but I did enjoy like a, this. I think this is like a B minus. Dead Ringers is like a B plus. So I think it. I think it's all a B. I would not give this movie a C. No way. Um, but now you guys. So uh, before we get into America's favorite um, game show, the best game show on the internet on any podcast, Letterbox, please sponsor us. Um, we're going to take an official red rum thick piss break and please enjoy an ad break from another podcast in the ruminations of radio network 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 (laughs) oh god it hurts what's wrong buddy nothing that's the name of our podcast do you think anyone will know it's a reference to what some random SWAT team member said in that one scene in Terminator 2 after getting nailed in the back with a gas canister? Probably not, but they will get a regular dose of two lifelong gamer buddies on either side of the Pacific Ocean, delivering their view of video games with a retro emphasis every other week. That's cool. I think we could argue the 3.5 more than he could argue the 4. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Because the 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 pacing was definitely off in this as compared to a lot of his other films. Yeah, even just the one I've seen, his like the pacing in Dead Ringers is like almost perfect. I need to rewatch that one. I haven't seen that in like five years. Yeah, you, you really do. Welcome back, guys. It's your boy, the Phantom Menace, and we are about to start up the famous game show on this podcast what's in the box this is a show where i will read a synopsis of a film on the website letterbox which is a movie rating website they will have um they will guess the rating if they are three points away from the rating they get one point if they guess it on the dot they get two points then they can guess the decade if they get if they get it they can get one point. If they don't get it, they can go fuck themselves. Are you guys ready? Ready to fuck myself. Hell yeah. Already doing it. And in Brendan fashion, these films will have a theme. I thought you would fucking... What? You thought I'd never do it? I thought you'd never do it. Well, well. I mean, I cannot, unless you don't want the extra point to possibly win. So. I mean, I'm not going to win anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Number one, he came as the caretaker, but his ho- but this hotel had its own guardians who had been there a long time. Jack accepts a caretaker job at the Overlook Hotel, <laughs> where he, along with his wife, Wendy, and their son, Danny, must live isolated from the rest of the world for the winter. But they aren't prepared for the madness that lurks within. Kyle, just a heads up, Ian pulled a switcheroo and went with the 1990 TV movie. Uh, I wish. No, I think he did. Did he? He wouldn't go that obvious. I mean, it did take place in... Oh, I think I know what the theme is. Okay. um, Well, I mean, the reviews are going to be drastically different depending on what it is. Same description. So which one are we going with? I feel like he would. You think he would do it? You think he would pull it? Or this was his. This is his first time doing a theme too. So maybe he's trying to do a switcheroo on us. (laughs) I love the thought process right now. It's amazing. 
I think that this is going to hurt me in the long run because I think I'm incorrect. Um, but I'm going to say it is... 2.8? Are you going for the bad one? I th- I'm 99% sure that's what he's doing. Unless he wants us to think that and he has both of them pulled up and he's just going to fuck with us and whichever no, one we he guess... Wouldn't do that. No, okay. he wouldn't do that. Uh, I'm going to say 2.5. Interesting. 2.5 from Brendan. Interesting. I think you got something going there, Brendan. I think you're. I think you could be right. I, I think you could be right. It kind of depends on what this next one is, because if depending on what he picks for the next film, I think I know what the theme will be. Maybe, but let's so just go ahead. On number one, folks. Okay, let's just. Okay, <laughs> we're going in. Um, I'm gonna go with. Absolutely. I'm gonna go with. Just to just to be different, I'll go with three point five. Three point five, and what did Brent say? Two point five. Yeah. Well, you are both incorrect. This is sitting at a four point three. Oh, yes, no. the decade. All that talk. For- <laughs> <laughs> uh, four point three. People I think that intend for 4.3. that. Awesome. That's interesting. That movie sucks. Rumination of the Red Room. Never seen it. <laughs> uh, it sucks. It's one of the worst person, movies. It doesn't suck. One of us thinks it, it sucks. Suck. The other hasn't even seen it. That's pretty funny. Uh, it's 70s. Yeah. Just, yes, 70s. Both going 70s? And you both have donuts. This is the 1980 film. The oh, Stanley Kubrick masterpiece. I thought it was that everyone likes to fucking joke their dicks on. Oh, this is The Shining. So it was 80 on the dot? Yeah, 1980. Oh, interesting. That's cool. Terrible Both of you guys are starting with donuts. Um, okay, moving on to the next co- uh, next one. Okay. Four interwoven stories that occur on Halloween. An everyday high school principal has a secret life as a serial killer. A college virgin might have just met the one guy for her. A group of teenagers pull a mean prank. A bitter old recluse receives an uninvited guest. Is this trick or treat? (laughs) (laughs) No. 3.6, because this is definitely fucking trick or treat. What the fuck is happening? (laughs) 3.5? Wait, what? have 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 you covered The Shining before me? No. Okay. I thought that's what the theme was. Hey, no, uh, none of that. Um, Brennan, what did you say? The three point six. I said three point five. Yeah. All right, Brendan, you hit it on the nail. This is at three point six. You get two points. Kyle, you get one point. Sweet. Guess the decade. Is it? 2000s? Yeah, it's 2000s. 2008. Wait. 2008. 2000s. 2000s. Oh, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Is it wait. 2010s? I watched it my June... I bought the DVD in Walmart at the very beginning of my junior year of high school. Oh my God. Which, the beginning of my junior year of high school would have been in 2010. But I remember hearing about it. A it's got to be two thousands. A year before that, so right? I'm, I think it's two. I think it's two thousand two thousand and nine, on the dot. 
I'm gonna go twenty ten. Brendan gets the extra point. This is two thousand and sevens trick or treat. Seven. That movie's so old, man. That's crazy. It doesn't even look that old. It doesn't. Yeah. We are now at our final question. Our final uh, final round. Brendan sitting at three points. Kyle sitting at one. Are you guys ready? Kyle, you need this one. You need this one on the dot. See whatever. In their world, adults are not allowed to live. A boy preacher named Isaac goes to a town in Nebraska called Gatton and gets all the children to murder every adult in town. (laughs) If that description doesn't blatantly lay out what film it is, I don't know what does. Is that Village of the Damned or Children of the Corn? I can't tell you. I don't know. For the life of me, I can't I can't figure 1. out. 1.7. 1.7. <laughs> um if it's the new children of the corn, then then I agree. Um there is a new new children of the corn that just came out. Which is getting awful reviews. Um I will say Oh, you said 1.7. I'm going to say 2.4. So 2.4 from Brendan. Yeah. And what was Kyle's long guess? 1.7. 1.7. You guys are both incorrect. This is sitting at a 2.8. So, Brendan, you were one point off. Um, guess the decade. Kyle, if you get the exact date. I need month and day. Month. <laughs> All right. I need uh, astral sign. <laughs> <laughs> if you get the year. You was get my months. mom on her period that year? Of, <laughs> or that month of the year? Um, and uh, Brennan, you can guess as well. <laughs> um, 83. No, no, no. You can guess the decade. September 1984. September 1984. You know what, Brendan? 86. You guessed the decade? You guessed 83? Yeah. Kyle, need a final answer from you? 86. September. 84. September 84. <laughs> 85. <laughs> I don't know what answer to choose. <laughs> I need a final guess. Kyle. 84. 84. You're going 84? Yeah. <laughs> Just fucking say it. Come on, let's go. Kyle does get the two points. Brennan gets one point. This is 1984. Children of the Corn. We are sitting at Brendan four, Kyle three. You guys can both guess the uh, theme. I will make it worth two points. You have Stephen King, you have Stanley Kubrick, you have Michael Doherty. Two of those are involved with Stephen King, one of them is not. Kyle's feeding off of Brendan's thought process right now. I'm letting him go first. <laughs> I mean, because the obvious, well, actually, here, just go ahead. Just go. No, I, 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 I don't know what it is. The obvious answer is. Killer Kids? Yes. 
You get two points, Kyle. And you take this game. Oh! That is it. That was it. It was the most simple game of lettered what's in the box and you guys took it to a whole nother level i mean wait killer kids yeah killer kids um children of the corn obviously killer kids uh trick-or-treats you had the ghost kids um and then the shining you had the the two sisters and oh that's bullshit that kind of is bullshit they're They're ghosts they're They're fucking ghosts they didn't kill anybody And Danny didn't kill anyone. Either. That's bullshit. Uh, that, that's gonna, actual bullshit. I'm gonna resend my win and give it to Brennan. No, 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 because that's what his dumb theme was, and you got oh, whoa, dumb theme. What a dumb that, that he erroneously whoa. made two points just to fuck with me because he knew you knew it. But what? it's okay. I didn't know he knew it. Oh, oh, bullshit! You knew it. I did want to make it two points just to you know. That leaves the year to chance. date. Kyle to Brendan to Ian four. Damn. It'd be like that sometimes. Ian's like, I guess uh save the day. Because <laughs> <laughs> I gave, you know, Brendan a little less uh, leeway on me. Um that being I'm just kidding, Brendan. I'm just kidding. I have nothing against you. I love you. You're my little baby boy. Um you're my I brother. You're my brother. And Kyle's are really old, <laughs> ancient dusts. Covered dad. Yeah, that's me. Like you had a kid at like fifty, and we're the products of, of that of the that. For sure, for sure. Um, that being said, if you like what we're doing here, you can find our podcast on literally anything Spotify. You got iTunes. You got the just any podcast website. We're on it, and you're listening to us right now. I don't even know why I have to say it. Um, but if you want to interact with us, you can go on Twitter. That's of red rum of red rum of does stand for only fans so if you want to see brendan get down on sunday nights going to midnight church um watching some midnight mass um and we're not talking about the show we're not talking about the show go ahead and give us a like and subscribe i don't know why i said that but go ahead and follow us on twitter um if you want to interact us interact with us even more we have a discord that you'll find in the link of our twitter Please subscribe to our Twitter for the love of God. I have been your host. Yeah, we've been sitting at 70 followers for like three and a half years. So can we get that up, please? Thank you. Also, yeah, we Children, of the, Children of the Corn was in March. Um, so. <laughs> that being said, I have been your Phantom Menace host, making it a thing, baby. Joining me, we have brendan the new blood mr fantastic saving us from the dr dooms hail mitch and kyle the slick back cadillac shout out to ian's mom's colombian caterpillar aka her upper lip (laughs) i'm the only one who can make fun of my mama okay gal you watch you watch your goddamn mouth stay spooky folks Am I going bald? Yep. (laughs) That's what it is. You heard it here, folks.